Angela Bowen here, the host of Punky Power, an unofficial Punky Brewster podcast. And today we are kicking off season four, episode one, entitled The Nun's Story, which aired on April 27th, 1988. Punky believes she has donated an urn containing Henry's and Mabel's ashes to a convent. Interesting. Let's see, so this episode was written by David W. Duclan. Is it Ducklin? How do you pronounce his name? David Ducklin? Declan? Ducklin? This episode was also written by Cheryl Alou. A L U. Looks like she's done some other stuff, too. What else she done here? Cousin Skeeter? Don't know what that is. That was a show that came out in the 98 to 2001. Um, she wrote 16 episodes of Between Brothers. Don't know that. Malcolm and Eddie. I think that starred... Um, Malcolm, is it Malcolm Jamal, who was on the Cosby show? He played Theo. Um... She wrote four episodes of Hanging with Mr. Cooper, Getting By. She wrote 15 episodes of Perfect Strangers. She's the sheriff. She wrote 12 episodes of Punky, er, <laughs> of Punky Brewster. Let's see what all she's done. In season two, she wrote Girls Will Be Boys. In season three, she wrote Tons of Fun, Divorce Anderson Style, and Tangled Web. And she wrote a lot in season four. The Nun Story, Poor Margot, Cosmetic Scam, Dear Diary, No, No, We Won't Go, One Plus Tutor is Three, The Dilemma, and What's Your Sign? I also told you in the season three finale, I would give you a heads up on what's going on with my dad. He is not well right now. He is very, very sick. Um, he's been from one doctor to the next trying to figure out why he's in so much pain. Um, he had a biopsy done Friday. They're just waiting on the results. And if they can't get any answers, then they're going to go to, I think, U of M. Some place that has really world-renowned doctors at uh, one of those colleges in Michigan and hopefully get some answers and get him feeling better because that's just, I, I don't like seeing my dad like that. I, you know, this is summertime. He should be out there in the field getting ready to cut hay, you know, planting corn, stuff like that. And he just has no energy. Quinn, what are you doing? Oh, you're playing with the... She's playing with the string on this robe here. Here, let me take this off of this chair. Here you go, have fun. <laughs> I just threw the robe on the floor. So that's about that. Um, I think I told you about the book The Length of a String that had to deal with um, a girl who was adopted. It's a middle grade book. And her great-grandmother um, was had passed away and she found a diary from her grandmother when she was 12 and she had been sent to America from Luxembourg to stay with the family and everything like that so in a way she was kind of adopted and just kind of helps the main character Imani kind of struggle with her own realizations of you know being adopted and everything like that so it's a really really good book um i do believe i did post it on the instagram punky power podcast 
um, page for that. So if you want to check that out and read that book, I highly recommend it. I was going to take it to Schuler's when I was done, but then once I finished it, I'm like, you know, I want to hold on to this book because I really like it. And I think down the road I probably would read it again. I think I'll loan it to Jeremy's mom next to have her read it. I usually do that with all the books I read that aren't library books. I will send them to Jeremy's mom, especially the ones that I really like. Uh, tonight we are, Jeremy and I, we're celebrating his birthday, even though his birthday isn't until Wednesday. We do the traditional thing. We have cake and a little bit of ice cream, but... Every year for his birthday, and this is even before he and I even knew each other, he got pizza for his birthday. So that's what we're doing tonight. We're going to have Pizza Hut. He's getting his own pizza. I'm going to get my own pizza, even though it's not my birthday. But I'm like, I want my own pizza. I use this as an opportunity. Like, I want my own pizza. Because they have Pizza Hut's website, you know, you can just order online, and you can create your own pizza, which is awesome. So I can get, like, ham and bacon, and then, like, buffalo sauce on it and like some special type of crust I don't know if they have the spicy crust anymore they might not but still yummy now here's the thing what do you all like to dip your breadsticks in do you like the typical marinara or do you like the garlic butter I like marinara but I really love the garlic butter so good so good and not just for dipping breadsticks in dipping your pizza in it it's so good. I'm sure I'm making you all hungry, and now you're all going to want to go out and order pizza for dinner tonight. <laughs> well, you know, if you couldn't think of an idea for dinner, I just gave you one. I noticed when I started the disc up, there is an advertisement for uh, the seasons of Punky Brewster. It says, you know, special features, cast interviews. I mean, as far as cast interviews, I think it's mainly Cherry Johnson who played Cherry Johnson, and Amy Foster, who played Margot Kramer. There's also George Gaines on there. We do not get an interview from Soleil Moonfry. So I don't know whether she just chose not to be a part of it. You know what would have been kind of cool? If, like, on some of the episodes there could have been, like, a cast commentary, that would have been fun. Also, the startup menu with the episodes um, has a picture of Punky from season four, so it's current, whereas all the other ones, seasons one through three, had her in pigtails. Um, I also noticed that the opening, the credits, the footage, it's all, it's the same footage from the season three opening. It's like, I don't even think, when they started season four, I don't know how many episodes they even had filmed at the time yet. They just probably figured... Let's just use the old footage from season three. Isn't that with some um, theme songs openings where they show footage from past episodes? It's usually from past seasons. I don't think it's going to... I don't think they really include new, new stuff. But season three, of course, when that started, it was all season three footage, I think. Well, wait. It was some of season three seasons, season two and one, I think. So, alright, let's start this, get into this. To be honest, I think this is an episode I don't think I've ever seen before. Because remember how I said, like, I mean, I might have watched the show a little bit. I don't think I ever watched it when it originally aired. I think it was all basically just when it was in reruns and syndication. 
And then, again, when I was 14, I'd go see my mom. My grandma would take me, and she had, you know, the place she was at had cable. So if we went around the same time, around, like, maybe 3, 3.30, it would have, you know, Punky Brewster would be on, uh, The New Lassie, Highway to Heaven, uh, the game show I'm telling, that stuff would all be on there. So the opening shot, of course, with the credits, it's outside the building. We always tend to get a lot of the exterior apartment building shots of the building outside. So we're in the living room of the apartment, and they, the girls are trying to stuff this ginormous duffel bag like to the point where it's bursting at the seams. I don't know what they're shoving in there. But that bag is going to break. I bet anything that bag is just going to burst. And Betty comes in. She's got a loaded down picnic basket with all sorts of goodies. They're going to the drive-in movie. So she says she got fried chicken, hot buttermilk biscuits, coleslaw, and even chocolate cake. Do they have like maybe a station wagon where there is room like in the back if you push the seats forward and stuff to like and kind of set down like a blanket so you're not like getting like food all over because that is going to be a clear mess if you don't. I can't imagine sitting in a seat and trying to eat like cake or something like that. Just That just seems like a mess but you driving you can bring whatever you want. So Punky says, you know, Henry always drives, he always parks too far away from um, the snack bar. So that's what was, uh, that's what's under the blanket on the couch. All the stuff. Something that looks like, it says sugar snacks, snacks is spelled with an S. There's corn chips that look like Fritos, vanilla wafers, banana thins. It's a whole, like, you know, potato chips, just the works. Like, anything you could think of, it's pretty much there. How long is this movie? You'd think they were going to a marathon of all the Lord of the Rings films and the Hobbit films. Because, I, I mean, if they're going to see a movie... Oh, my... That's Little Debbie! Oh, those marshmallow things! I think, of course, Little Debbie, they got the, um... Like, some red tape or something over the logo of Little Debbie, so you're seeing her face, but... Anyone... Oh, that says marshmallow pies. That's what it says on the side. Okay. So, Betty looked at all this. She's like, no popcorn? And Cherry has got this two-foot-long bag of popcorn. So, it's like, yeah, we're all good here on the popcorn. What about... They gotta have, like, soda and whatnot, right, to wash all that down with. I hope that he doesn't park too far away from the restrooms. So there's a knock at the door. It's um, a nun who says she's uh, Sister... What's her name? She is Sister Mary Malcolm from the lead, Our Lady of Perpetual Agony. Ooh. Wow. <laughs> so Punky invites her in, and she's just kind of looking at her from with her arms crossed like... Or, or Lady of Perpetual Agony? Oh, that doesn't sound like a nice church. So Pony thinks it's a hospital, and the nun kind of corrects her, says, no, it's actually um, a convent. And <laughs> Betty's like, no, the, the hospital is called Our Lady of Perpetual Payment. 
So, sister tells them that they're collecting used clothing. Um, yes. I, that's great that she wants to go door to door, but that is flat out solicitation. And, I mean, it's great that you want people to donate, but doing it by knocking on people's doors, I don't think that's the best way to go about it. Mm. So, they're trying to get donations for, like, used clothes and other things to help them afford a new furnace for their convent because apparently last winter they froze. Um, <laughs> who's responsible for the maintenance for that convent? Somebody would have to do something. So are they going to take the gently used clothes and other items and, like, sell them or something at a bazaar to raise money? Or how are they doing this? So, Sister says, is there anything you would care to donate? And Punky's like, oh, you know what? I'm sure we have some junk. Goes over to the closet, opens it, or the hall closet, or the closet in the living room, opens it. Of course, it's piled high, stacked, filled to the brim with all sorts of whatnots, bags, um, discarded pizza, but I don't know what the heck is that. But anyway, I really, um, if I were her, I'd be like, you know, that's great. How about I take a look around and then I can stop by with my stuff? Because she's just standing there, like, oh, um, can you look now and, and give me stuff? I'd be like, I just, I'm not gonna, hmm. I don't know. I wouldn't have let her in my house. Just, I, I mean, yeah, she's a nun. That's great. But still, stranger danger. And, no. And in today's world, you really, really don't know about people. You have to be kind of wary. So, Punky and Cherry are kind of going through the mess on the floor. And Punky's like, oh, you know what? Henry never wears this old sweater anymore. Yeah, but don't you think you want to run that by him before you donate that? I mean, that's how they're going to get into this pickle with the urn in the first place. Well, and, and even Betty's like, girls, hold up a sec. You know, that looks like something that Henry's worn recently, like his gardening sweat. So he probably uses it when he's out, you know, gardening and, and doing stuff outside. That doesn't mean that he's just going to toss it. They really needed to clean that hall, that closet out because it's filled with a bunch of garbage <laughs> so cherry finds these um national geographic magazines that are like stacked and uh you know bundled up in twine she's like how about these old magazines and punky's like well what no henry thinks that these will, these national geographic books will be worth something someday um Maybe they could be collector's items if they're in really good condition, not shoved in the back of a closet. Um, but see, they're just going through this stuff and finding reasons like, no, that's actually, you know, and a lot of it, it's Henry's stuff. You really need to let him go through that. But, um, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, Betty makes a funny comment about, oh, he probably just wants to keep them because he likes looking at the island girls in them. Like, yeah, everyone knows that National Geographic, some of the pictures in it can be a little, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not appropriate for kids? <laughs> you know, just, you know, pictures of women in their 
natural, you know, habitats and environments and everything, and some of them, women didn't wear tops. They didn't wear bras. So, yeah. That's probably where young boys got their first look at, um, the naked female form. <laughs> this nun is still here. Go back to the convent. Go knock on someone else's door. Let them bring the stuff to you. So out of the pile on the floor, Punky picks up this really nice, um, urn. Really, really fancy looking. And she hands it to the lady, like, you know, here you go. And even the, the you know, the nun is like, are you sure, sweetie? Uh, this is really, really nice. Are you sure you want to get rid of it? And Punky's like, yeah, we don't, I... We don't use it, and this is the first time that Punky didn't even know Henry had something like this. Like, oh, you won't. Okay, so this urn holds Henry's aunt's ashes, right? Why would you just throw that absentmindedly in the closet like it's nothing? I mean, he... Doesn't make any sense. Why would you do You wouldn't take someone's ashes of a loved one and just toss it in the closet like it's a piece of junk. So I want to play this clip of when uh, Punky hands over that urn. Here's something we don't need. Well, that's a lovely piece, dear. Do you really want to give it away? Yeah, I'm sure we don't need it. How do you know? Because I've never seen it before. Well, thank you very much. This will look nice on our weird stuff Well, sister, if it's weird stuff you're looking for, I have some wonderful Lady Dad toaster covers and two old dresses that are a little tight. I'm not as thin as I used to be. Oh, who is? I fight a constant battle with my weight. The Battle of the Bulge. Well, I feel for you. With that outfit, if you put on too much weight, you'll look like a big bowling ball. So the nun comments on how, oh, this is weird, you know, this will go on our weird stuff table. And Betty's like, you know, if you're looking for weird stuff, I got some, uh, what'd she say, like, lady dye, like, pillows or something like that, and some dresses that are a little tight. And of course she makes a thing, you know, about the weight, and then the nun is like, oh, I feel the same way about, you know, my weight and everything. And, of course, Betty's got to make a joke about how, oh, if you gain too much, you're going to look like a bowling ball or a giant penguin. But, well, I added the penguin part. So, Betty and the nun excuse themselves and probably head up to Betty's place. So, in the next scene, everyone's coming back from the drive-in movie, and Henry's got the speaker box that kind of, you hang inside your car to hear the movie and everything, so I don't know what happened. But they all got long faces, so clearly something happened. Henry, what did you do? Did you hit somebody? Did you back into another car? Oh, apparently it was the girls' fault, because they forgot to put the speaker back. Oh. Well, why didn't you just hand it to the... Oh, unless they didn't know until... You know, they got back. Otherwise, it's like, well, just hand it off to the people that work there. They'll fix it. 
So apparently it also shattered Henry's car window. That's real great, girls. Um, and Henry's like, you know, none of this would have happened if we would have parked where I suggested we parked, which would have been across the street from the drive-in. You wouldn't have been able to see anything. No one wants to, like, stare at a screen and try to read lips or whatever. That's not fun. Well, I can't make out what they're saying, but maybe I can guess. I want to play this clip. This is just funny of them all kind of arguing about... Betty said, you know, I refuse to, like, be hiding down, laying on the jumper cables. Like, I'm not laying in the trunk. And she makes a point how... But, but you wanted me in the trunk. But you had Brandon riding shotgun with a pillow under his butt. So he was all comfy-wumpy. And Henry's like, yeah, but they don't charge for dogs, though. What is Brandon going to get out of that movie? I want to play this clip. It's just funny. This is inexcusable. It just shows a total lack of responsibility on the part of you backseat people. We just forgot to put the speaker back. a quick comment about Betty's hair. I don't know what's going on with it, but it just looks like... I mean, I don't, I'm not seeing anything really bad. It's just, it looks like the actress just kind of woke up from a nap and just didn't really have... They didn't really have time to really do much with their hair. It's kind of like shooting up and in places and stuff. So Betty and Cherry leave. Um... Betty opens the door. Brandon's there. He's got a little note in his mouth. And, of course, Betty just looks down and Brandon is like, seat stealer, and walks away. Brandon comes in. Pucky takes the note and's like, oh, ooh, you got a phone number, Brandon, from the French poodle from the movies? Ooh. So she reads it. And, of course, it's something about a, something about a German shepherd. <laughs> I don't know. It's got a phone number on it, too, so. 
Henry goes to the closet, opens it, and everything, of course, falls back out again. And Punky's like, well, it took me forever to get that all straightened up. It's still falling out of there. That's not straightened up. That's shoved back in. Straightened up would mean you organized it and kind of set stuff accordingly so it won't just tumble out when you open the door. So, of course, he's asking about the brass urn, which, of course, Punky didn't know there's even anything in there. Henry, so Henry knew well enough, yeah, he had put it in there. That has your aunt's ashes. How could you be so thoughtless? So I'm going to play this clip. <laughs> as soon as Br um, Henry mentions that, Brandon is like, boop, through the doggy door into the kitchen. Like, I'm out of here. Bye. Spunky, did you happen to see a small brass urn in here? Maybe. Why? Is it valuable? Valuable, no. Certainly irreplaceable. How come? Uh, Punky, sit down. I didn't want to mention this because I didn't want to upset you. But that urn contains the ashes of my late Aunt Mabel. You mean late like not a time or late like... Dead. More like dead. Ooh. Henry, I've got clothes in that closet. What is a dead person doing next to our coats? You see, her son, Archie, was still in the Navy. She passed away, so he asked her to take care of her until he got out. And now he's out? Yes. <laughs> he found a lovely resting place for her in Evanston. I'm going to drive her there tomorrow afternoon. Tomorrow? But I just met Aunt Mabel. I mean, maybe she likes it here with us. <laughs> I doubt it. Believe it or not, I was one of her least favorite people. She didn't like you? She had the nerve to call me cheap. <laughs> Can you believe it? Didn't bother me, though. She was an honorary old cuss, hated everybody, especially Catholics. So, of course, Punky had no idea the value of the urn. So the urn itself isn't supposedly important. It's what's inside the urn. When Henry kind of sits Punky down and says, I didn't want to upset you, but though that urn contains the ashes of my great Aunt Mabel... And I was just holding it here for my cousin Archie that was in the service. And turns out he found a nice resting spot for her uh, ashes to go in Evanston, which is, I believe, also is in Illinois, right? <clears throat> so, of course, Punky is freaking out, and I'm like, crap. And, well, Henry reveals that eh, she wasn't exactly a fan of mine. She didn't like me. But he's like, she was an ordinary old cuss that didn't... She just like, ugh, didn't like me. Didn't like her. She didn't like Catholics, which is kind of funny, being the fact that <laughs> her ashes are now residing in a convent. So now we get to the next scene where... 
Punky is kind of pacing back and forth, figuring out what to do. I love she's still got, like, two different colored shoes, but they're more kind of, like, converse. But one is fuchsia pink. The other one is kind of a royal blue with cool designs on it. So I'm going to play this clip as she's kind of trying to think what's the best way to go about getting those ashes back. worrying about this, Margot and Cherry come over, and Punky kind of tells Cherry, like, hey, remember that, that, um, thing, <laughs> well, she starts off like, you guys aren't gonna believe this, but I'm in big trouble, and Margot and Cherry both look at each other like, yeah, we believe that, Punky, I mean, it's you, after all, we know you. So Punky calls this urn a funny-looking jar. Like, hey, Cherry, remember that? I gave We gave it away to that nun. Well, turns out it had uh, Henry's aunt, Mab great-aunt Mabel's ashes in there. Or maybe it was an aunt and not a great-aunt. But, uh, yeah, so we got to get that back. And, of course, Margot was like, nope, can't do it. Mom is showing me how to fire a servant. So that way I can do it with dignity. So that way it's like where the servants actually have feelings or something to that effect. Like, um, yeah, they are humans. They might work for you, but they're still humans at the end of the day, just like you, Margot. Even though you may think that they are beneath you. 
So Margo checks out, but not before handing Punky some money. Like, hey, here's some money. I don't know how much it's there, but so that way, like, however she needs to take the bus or however to get down to this convent. Cherry, of course, like, I don't really want any part in this, Punky. And Punky's like, you know what? How about I sweeten the pot and give you this money that's in my hand right now? And Sherry's like, oh, sweet. Thank you. Okay, let's go. So now we get down to the convent. So Punky and Sherry are now at the convent, and they're just kind of making small talk. Oh, gee, we're here, huh? Didn't take long to get here, did it? And they're kind of touching this round little side table thing that has a statue of, I think, one of the saints. And one of the saints has a little boy in his arms, or a little child. The girls are just really uncomfortable, like, we really don't want to be here. So I'm going to play this clip. Yeah, I see Punky's got her hand on that statue. She's going to break that. What do I get a feeling? She's going to knock it over, break the saint's head off. Oh, my goodness. What? <laughs> Punky uh, 
knocked that ended up knocking that head off that poor saint statue and they go to the door and there's this long chain just to the left of one of the double doors and punky has to um tries to pull it but of course it won't move so she has to kind of arch her leg up to kind of set it against the wall to like really like grab at this chain and put all the pull pull it with like the weight of her body so it rings that large bell at the top and everything so <laughs> it's just kind of fun like that fun physical humor so they're greeted at the door by a fellow nun they're looking for the sister nun who came to collect for stuff and apparently she's gone she went to a retreat she's not going to be back and Punky kind of explains the situation, like, hey, uh, donated something that wasn't supposed to be donated. It's very critical that we get this back. Of course, this nun's got an apron on. She's cooking for someone who's going to be arriving there, and they're waiting on the butchers. Butcher's late and everything like that, so she doesn't want to hear any, like, Punky's dilemma. She doesn't care. Like, I'm busy. Go away. Bye. And Punky just kind of stands there. And it's like, ah, cripes. What do we do now? And she opens the door. The door is unlocked. And, like, you know what, Cherry? We could just, like, hop in here real quick, grab the urn, and zip out before anyone catches us. It's like, first of all, you don't know where all the stuff for the rummage sale is even being stored at. So you could, but you're going to face some obstacles. Hence the picture of Punky and Cherry dressed as a eight-foot-tall nun. So in the next scene, it looks like uh, the dining hall for the convent, and we see one of the nuns there, opens the door, as Punky's on top, so Cherry's gotta be, like, just below Punky. So Cherry's the legs, Punky is the face and hands and upper body. And, of course, the nun just looks at her, like, in surprise, like, I don't know you. She doesn't say anything. She just, like, hurries away. Like, this is just gonna backfire. Can you imagine being in this scenario and having to, like, what would you rather be? On someone's shoulders or would you rather be the person on the bottom? Having somebody sitting on your shoulders. I would rather be on the top. Because imagine all that weight on your shoulders. Poor Cherry is going to be so sore. The next day, she's not even going to be able to move, I bet. I want to play this clip. I mean, of course, it's a bit kind of a visual gag. But you're going to hear the audio and stuff. So you get an idea of what's going on. They're trying to maneuver... Like, Punky's like, all right, just walk forward. And Cherry's like, I can't breathe. You got my nose. She's, what? Uh, <laughs> it's just funny.
navigate Cherry where she needs to go. All she's giving her directions are over here, over here. She's not saying straight ahead, keep walking straight, now turn to your right. And it's right there because they get within centimeters of that table with the urn that, you know, she spotted from across the, by the door. So they had to walk probably 20 some feet over to get there. And she still, she could have grabbed it. Giving it to Cherry to hide under the um the frock or, or, or whatever you call it, uh, the nun's uniform, and been out of there. Well, unfortunately, all the other nuns file in with the superior, the guy, um, and right away, let me tell you that he and the other nun, they know that Punky and Cherry, like, they're kids. But, and, you know, the nun um, says, you know, I can just get them out of here. I don't know what these kids are up to. And the guy's like, no, no, just, just, just wait on that. I want to see what they're up to. I want to see this plan form. Because, and <laughs> he just was like, yeah, this is going to be kind of fun. So... The whole thing, everyone's sitting down, and Mary, or, <laughs> Punky says, Sister, I'm Sister Mary Cherry. <laughs> so, he's like, Sister Mary Cherry, would you like to sit down? And she's like, uh, okay. <laughs> so, he does bring a chair out for, so Cherry's sitting in the chair, Punky is sitting on top of her. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's just, they kind of smile at each other, it's like, I think she must know. It's like, yeah, they're kind of on to you. They want to see what's up. Granted, you could have just broke down and been honest, but where would the fun in that be, right? So now we're in the next scene where they're having dinner in the convent. So Punky, of course, is got to take long bites from the plate that go way up because she's on Sherry's shoulders. So she's got to take the old fork, fork, get the food, put it way up to her, travel way up to her mouth. And, of course, um, the guy here, P 
podcaster, I'm not sure what he is, um, gives her an ear of corn. So this will be kind of fun watching her eat this corn, corn on the cob. So Punky gets to eat the food, and poor Cherry has to sit there and be have sore, messed up shoulders. So, Punky decides to make a little conversation with the guys, like, hey, have you heard any good prayers lately? And the the deacon or whoever is like, no, but I have heard we do have security problems here at the convent. Yeah, he's on to you, sweetie. Like, but she's got to know that. Really? Don't you, you don't think she, that she would know that he'd be on to her? Or maybe she thinks, ah, none the wiser. He doesn't know. Like, he knows. All the while this is going on, Cherry, of course, is like, well, if you're going to eat, then I'm going to eat. As a hand comes out to the plate, <laughs> and she takes that corn on the cob. Yeah, yeah, this is definitely going to be seen by people. So I want to play this clip around when he says, we've been having security problems. And Punky's like, oh, really? What kind of security problems? Okay, he's the Mansoor or something like that. Um, he tells her basically that we've had a kind of like a security breach here, and he mentions how uh, so basically uh, she's kind of baiting him like, oh, really, security problems? Huh? What kind of security problems? And he he knows it's like, yeah, she's a kid. And he's like, well, it seems that somebody could be impersonating a nun. And he says, you know, that could lead to some serious, serious criminal activity. And it really, and she's like, well, how serious is this? And he's like, well, it depends. This is if this is the the first attempt or the second offense. And Punky's like, oh no, uh, the first, definitely. So. Cherry, at this point, is no longer really concerned with being 
you know, hidden and everything. I mean, she grabbed that ear of corn. Now she holds it up because she wants salt. And the Mansoor is looking right at this. He sees this hand coming from the bottom of Sister Mary Cherry's uh, habit. Yes. Of course, he pretends like he doesn't see it. So this nun that's sitting next to the Mansoor is she's looking at Punky as you know, Sister Mary Cherry. Um, like these kids are. She knows. She even said these are children. And he went. The Mansoor was only like, hey, let's just see how this plays out. So <laughs> she's just kind of sticking her nose up at Punky, like kid. I know you're a child under that habit, and we're gonna get you. <laughs> So, Punky, like, makes the thing, like, oh, I'm saving the ear of corn for later. And then, um, the other nun's like, oh, after Ves, is it Vespus or something? <laughs> and Punky's like, oh, yes, I always feel better after a good Vespus. So, Cherry, again, holds the ear of corn up, like, hey, can I have some butter for this? And Punky slaps her hand away, like, no way! Like, you're supposed to be incognito here! So the monster just looks at uh, Punky like, hey, you don't like your corn? And Punky's like, oh, love it. Love the corn. Yes. So she takes a big bite out of it just to prove, like, yeah, I'm going to eat this corn. So Punky, of course, gets down to the nitty gritty of it. Like, okay, what would happen if a couple people were caught sneaking into a convent and then dressing up as, you know, posing as a nun? So he, he tells her basically that an act like that would have very serious consequences. And from below, Punky's bottom half, we hear groaning like, Aah. and of course Punky tries to pass it off as like gas bubbles or something like that. And Jerry's not having like serious trouble. I didn't want to do this to begin with. I'm not taking the heat for this, Punky. You're on your own now. And she crawls up from under the table and they kind of admit what happened as in, I'm sorry, we were looking for my dad's Aunt Mabel's urn of ashes, and he's like, well, what does this urn look like? And one of the nuns has it? Like, she's getting ready to pour it into her mouth? And of course, when Punky points, it's the urn there with the ashes, the, the urn the tips onto the table, spilling what looks like brown sugar? <laughs> or something like that? It's not real ashes. It doesn't even remotely look like ashes. Yeah, it really does look like brown sugar. They could have gotten, like, some fireplace ashes or soot. Soot! Or something. So I'm going to play this clip of the girls getting caught and revealing the ashes and the urn and everything. I should have had a beat. <laughs> 
right, so we're back at the apartment now, and I think the girls have gotten the urn. Hopefully they scooped up those supposed ashes and put them back in there. Where's the urn? The girls came home empty-handed. Why don't they have that urn? So, <sighs> Punky's upset. They went to all that trouble. Why don't they have that urn? Well, Hen or Punky wants to confess to Henry, but Henry's got something to confess to... Punky, and here it is. I can't believe this. We went to all that trouble. Poor Aunt Mabel. All over the table. Those men sure are careless. They spilled a perfectly good dead person. You know what kept running through my mind? If only we had a dust buster. Hello, girls. I have something to tell you. I have something to tell you first. Aunt Maple's gone. No, she's not. I found her. You did? Yes, she was in the basement. I bought four of these urns to get the quantity discount. Mistakenly, I put an empty urn in the closet. So Aunt Maple's been in the basement all this time. Isn't that funny? Um, <laughs> <laughs> what a scream. Still can't find the urn that was in the closet. Oh, that's what I was going to tell you. We accidentally gave that other urn away. I'm really sorry, Henry. Oh, don't worry. We'll just put Uncle Bernie in Tupperware. <laughs> just kidding. Forget the urn. No big deal. No big deal? I'd carry her on my shoulders for two hours. Jeffrey, <laughs> not interested in details. Yes, I am. What's Punky doing on your shoulders? Well, see, we have to keep the nun's habit from dragging on the floor. The nun's habit? Yeah, we have to wear one or we'd be kicked out of the convent. Convent? <laughs> what were you doing in a convent, Punky? Actually... Punky! those urns uh that henry got he got them at like a dis he discount when he ordered like four or more or something so the one that was in the closet was just uh extra urn that he didn't need he found aunt mabel's urn in the basement of the of the apartment complex well okay i no whatever um of course now cherry's like oh my gosh punky it was not it was a big deal because punk is like oh don't worry you don't need to hear the story wasn't a big deal but cherry's like i had to be i had to carry punky on my shoulders so the habit wouldn't drag on the ground and this and that and we had to sneak into a convent and she's gone and on and on as punky's slowly backing away into the hallway and henry kind of goes at her like wait what excuse me a convent what were you doing in a convent dressed up what as a nun are you oh my gosh punky punky where did you go we have to talk about this punky and he comes in the hallway and you hear him shouting her name as cherry looks at brandon before she exits the apartment and like you know what punky never could keep him <laughs> so we get another exterior shot of the apartment and I was kind of confused. It's like, okay, so how does that picture on IMDb for this episode have the girls in a nun habit 
talking to Betty. So my guess is their punishment for breaking into the convent and impressing a nun is they have to dress as a nun and help with the rummage sale, right? Okay, um, that picture is very misleading on IMDb because unless I missed something, I'm pretty sure I didn't. I watched the whole episode. Is there, there's nothing on here that shows the girl's dress as, there's nothing here. There is nothing, oh my gosh. Unless that was a scene that got cut or something, that's weird. Anyway, I guess that's the end of the episode. Um, as far as the Brandon Tailwig episode rating, I'm gonna give this one, hmm. I liked it, I thought it was funny. The only thing I didn't really like was, um, what didn't I like about it? I don't know. Margo, of course, but we know that's how Margo is. And her mother's just the same way. With the, like, the servants aren't actually people. Like, oh, they don't have feelings. Like, yeah, right. Um, Margo just is in that scene. She's out. Um... As far as something I didn't like, what didn't I like? I didn't like that nun being so rude to the girls. Like, they just asked a question. They needed help or something. And you just basically slammed the door in the face. I loved <laughs> that Mansoor, how he was just telling the nun, like, hey, let's see how this plays out with the girls. We know they're kids. We know they're impersonating a nun. Because there are no nuns that are, like, eight feet tall. There just aren't. And, um, I also like the thing with the, um, the aftermath of the drive-in and stuff was kind of funny. Little Brandon getting his own pillow cushion for his butt, riding shotgun, <laughs> and poor Betty, did he make her ride in the trunk? Are you kidding me? Oh my gosh. Henry, um, I, I thought the thing with the girls just inventing that whole thing to get that earned by impersonating them was kind of funny. Um, what else did I like? Um, I think that might be it. Just, oh, um, I can say one thing I didn't like. I didn't like the girls going through that stuff in the closet without making sure that Henry at least could have went through it himself. I don't know what else. I think they just gave her the urn, though. I didn't like the nun going door to door and just asking for stuff. And then staying there while you have to search for stuff. Like, she's probably like, make this visit worth it and give me stuff to donate. Because, for the rummage sale. So I'm going to wait here while you look through all this stuff. Didn't like that. So, I'd say I like three things and there are a couple things I didn't like. So, <clears throat> So, total rating, three Brandon Tailwags out of five. Um, as far as for Punky's principles, um, here's the thing. If you're going through stuff that doesn't really belong to you, like if you, you know, live in a family, there's more than one of you, and you have stuff that you want to give away and donate, check with other family members, especially if it's not yours, before you just all and just assume they don't want, oh, I haven't seen this in like five years. I bet they don't even use it. You don't know that. They could be holding on to it for sentimental reasons, or they could have a problem with being a a hoarder or something. I don't know. But, um, yeah. But, 
All right. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. I had fun with this episode. It was funny. A lot of physical gags, so I kind of had to, you know, explain them to you. But like I said, um, with this season, I'm doing three episodes a week. I think I'm going to go for Sundays, Tuesdays, and Thursdays. All right. Well, for Tuesday's episode, it's season four, episode two, entitled Crushed which aired on April 28th, 1988. Punky has a crush on an older boy who's probably about maybe 16, 17 while she's 11. So uh, Punky gets to experience what it means to have not reciprocated feelings of somebody. Basically, your feelings are unrequited to the other person. Sucks, but it happens. You know, if you get a crush on somebody, they don't like you back. It ends up breaking your heart. But you learn. You learn you move on to somebody that is worthy of your feelings and likes you back. No one likes to be rejected at all. Especially not by someone you have a crush on. Because that, it's it's sad. It's sad. Someone rejects Punky. You know, Punky, if you were maybe five years older, he might be into it. But, yeah. She'll find her guy. She'll find her guy one day. Maybe not in this series, but maybe fictional Punky Brewster. What do you think? Do you think that she kept Punky, the name, the nickname Punky through all of junior high and high school and everything? Or do you think eventually she went by Penelope? I bet eventually she would have dropped the Punky name and went by Penelope when she's like going to college and becoming an adult and stuff. I don't know. Maybe. But that being said, all right, everyone, have a great Sunday. I hope your weather is better than what mine is right now because it's rainy and icky. But next weekend for the U.S. is Memorial Day, so Memorial Weekend, so I hope we have better weather weather for that because Jeremy and I plan to grill steaks on the grill for Memorial Day. There's another dinner idea, steak, steak on the grill. Now, what kind of sauce do you like? Do you like the A1 or do you like the Heinz 57? Me, I like Heinz 57 steak sauce. Jeremy, he would prefer A1, so we're a house divided. I'm okay with that. I think my dad likes Heinz 57, so, yeah. (laughs) Maybe there are those of you out there that don't even like either of those things. All right. I will see. I'll be back on Tuesday, so look forward to Crushed. All right, bye-bye.